You're listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us at 1pc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee. Please turn in your pew Bibles to John chapter 6, verse 22. It's found on page 891 of your pew Bible. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. (laughs) Almighty God, our Father, I pray that you show us today what it means that you gave us to your Son, Jesus Christ. God, that we are truly His and that you reveal in us what you want us to see and understand today in a way that might change us forever. In your holy name we pray. Amen. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and i will raise him up on the last day the word of god for the people of god have you ever kind of wondered to yourself um if if this christianity stuff or this jesus stuff was relevant to your life have you ever kind of thought um, as you're reading the Bible, as you're leading, reading, uh, listening to a message or a lesson, um, you know, how, how is this relevant to um, paying the bills and, and doing my job and, and making sure um, my kids are well and, and kind of getting through this life? 
I have to confess, there's, there's times, maybe it's not that blunt, but there's been times when things have been difficult, and I've kind of thought to myself, you know, God, I've, I've gone into the ministry, and I, I really try to teach the truth, and why, why are we facing something like this? I mean, does, there doesn't seem to be distinction between somebody who's committing themselves to following you and, and then seeing, you know, other people who have no interest, and it kind of makes you wonder... Is this relevant? I can vividly remember a conversation um, in college with a friend who was trying some new age mysticism. It was the 90s, so you can just let your imagination wander about it, what it was. But I can remember him uh, sitting on the stoop outside the dorm, and he said, I tried Christianity, it didn't work, so I'm trying this. Maybe you have friends who've kind of thought that. Maybe you, you kind of struggle with that yourself. If so, Jesus has a word for us. And a warning, it might not be what we want to hear. We pick up with the story of um, um, Jesus. He's fed the 5,000, miraculously taking the, the loaves and the fishes and multiplying them to feed the multitude. Um, he's gone across the, the sea. We looked at that last week. And, and now the, the crowd that wanted to take Jesus and make him king because they ate their fill of bread has now gathered up a bunch of other boats, gone across to Capernaum where Jesus stays. They're pursuing him because, um, hey, somebody who can multiply bread um, is, you know, that is a good thing. So they want to go and, and see what's going on. And so we, we hear about how they've crossed over the next day. And in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they say to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Um, and Jesus answers, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set the seal. You, you, you're not coming to me because you saw the sign. You're coming to me because, you know, you, you had what you needed. You, your needs were met. You were full, and you're coming towards me. You're coming to me. You, that's what you're pursuing. Now, obviously, they saw the sign. They, they were there. They saw the, the multiplication of loaves. But what he's saying is they've missed the point. Um, when it, our, our, our vacation, I've um, done something never had done before, even in our time of living in Scotland. We decided to rent a car and drive. It was pretty frightening. Um, did pretty good of being on the, the left side of the road. It felt like driving in a mirror. Um, did okay with that. There was a lot of panic and um, um, when we faced roundabouts, um, that's really confusing to drive in a mirror going in multiple lanes in a rounded direction um, there, there were a few screams a few horns honked maybe some rude gestures but we 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 got through it but one of the weirdest things was coming up on signs that I had no clue what they meant 
So I, I, I tried to brush up on things and see what the signs meant. I kind of got speed limit. I think I've got this. Um, you know, obviously, you know, one way that kind of makes sense. They have a migratory toad crossing, which is just awesome. We didn't see one, but it was in the book. But then we came up on these signs and they weren't in the book. And, and I thought it was a hammer. I didn't know what a hammer had to do with anything. Turns out it meant the lane ended. We found that out pretty quick. Um, there, there, were, there was another sign that said heavy plant crossing. And we're looking around. There's no industrial buildings. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to see this giant Venus flytrap coming out saying feed me Seymour or something. What, is, what does this mean? And I mean, we, we got through things. But I'm, you know, the thing is, if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what you're missing. And so we, we kind of got through the trip. But I was kind of terrified before we got out that I was going to have all these traffic violations because I did not understand the signs. He said, you saw the sign, but you didn't see the sign. You, you did not see what it meant. You didn't understand. The bread wasn't about the bread. The bread was about something else. And what he's saying is, you're not coming to me because you see how the bread points to me. You're coming to me because you're enamored with the bread itself. I mean, it would be like if everybody gathered out here at the stop sign and rather than saying, oh, let's stop. And understanding the meaning, it was just, ooh, what a wonderful sign. It's a beautiful red. I like octagon. I mean, it's, you're just enamored with the sign. And, and he says, that's a distinction between people. Do you see the sign and you love the sign he's given us? Or do you see what the sign points to and you look to the one who is himself, the bread of life? Um, Working through St. Augustine's book called the, the City of God, in this book, he's, he's kind of looking at human history kind of from the idea of, of those who are part of God's people and those who are part of the world. And it's kind of fascinating because he realizes most everybody worships a God. Most everybody worships and he said the distinction, and he's talking about Cain and Abel and the difference between Cain and Abel and their sacrifices. And what he's saying is, you know, the, the problem with Cain's sacrifice was he was giving in order to get something for himself. And Abel was giving because he loved God. And that's the distinction he made there. And he kind of draws that out through, through history. But what he says is that there are those who use God to acquire the things of this world and there's others who see the things of this world as something to acquire God. That is, do you, do you see God, somebody if you pray to in the correct way and you have the right technique and you go through coming to church and giving that he's going to bless you and give you the things that you really want, that he's a tool to acquire those things, that he is one who gives you the bread or do you see that the life that we have we're just stewards of to use for the glory and to come to him that he is our deepest longing, not, not the bread that he provides, not the gifts he provides. And, and so we, we, we show ourselves when we're saying, is this stuff relevant? Because kind of underlining that is, is this relevant to getting the things I really want? Is this really relevant to getting where I want in my career? Is this really relevant into the relationships that are my true idols? Is this really relevant to um, being prosperous and, and whole? Or are all those things showing me to the one who gives them, to God himself? 
And so if I'm getting frustrated because, God, I'm, I'm trying to serve you and my life doesn't go the way I think it should, and I say I tried Christianity and it didn't work, the point is if it's trying to work, you're trying to use it to work towards something else, which is your true God. And so do you see Jesus as one who provides you the things and one you can use to get the bread or do you see the sign of how it points to the true bread? So they ask the question, what, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And then they ask for a sign. And none of the Gospels says Jesus kind of just slapped his head on, you know. But you have to wonder if he did. They're asking for a sign. He's just given them the sign Truly, truly, I say to you, as they said, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. Moses gave us a sign. Truly, say, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to us. And they say, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus goes on to say, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So they come saying, what, what, you know, how do we get this? How do we get this bread? What sign are you going to give us? What works must we do? And what I find kind of interesting is, as he's teaching them, they say, what signs will you give us that we might believe you? And his response is, what you need to do is believe in the one God has sent. I love this distinction that they talk about believing the message, and he says, no, you need to believe in me. There's kind of a distinction here. They're saying, aren't you like Moses who's pointing to something else that, that we need a sign to believe what you're saying is true? And he takes that and says, it's not about believing. I'm not a witness. I'm not a messenger. I am who you believe in. I'm the object of faith. I'm not a witness to that object. So it's not just believing what I say and kind of doing the things to, to acquire this, but it's, it's about trusting in me. It's about seeing me as the source of life, as the true bread of heaven who gives eternal life, that you trust in me and you receive me and not for the things that I give you, but the relationship of who I am, the one who, like the manna, came down from heaven and gave himself as his body was broken for us and his blood shed for us so that as we believe in him, as we receive him, we receive eternal life. We, we receive what that bread stands for, which is sustenance and nurture, that we are strengthened by that trust in him, trusting in him, not for the things that he can give us, but for who he is. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. 
What a wonderful assurance. You look upon Jesus and you have faith in him. You trust in him. And the reason you do that is because the Father has you given you to him. All that the Father has given to me will come to me. And I will never lose them. I will never cast them out. You are assured of your sustenance. You're assured of this everlasting life because it is the will of the Father to give you to the Son who takes you and holds you secure with the promise that you now have everlasting life. You have bread that never ends, bread that never fails. Your life is sustained forever. And with the promise that you will be raised up on the last day, that you will never see an end that you will constantly have Jesus. Here is one of the assurances. If you are coming to Jesus because he gives you other things or because you believe that doing things for him will profit you in other ways, you can always lose those other things. Those things will be taken from us. But if you come to Jesus because he is your treasure, if you see Jesus as the bread that you desire, the promise is you'll never lose him. No one and nothing will ever take you from his hand. He has promised that you are his and he is yours. And whatever else may happen in your life, whatever discouragement you face, whatever losses you have, if Christ is your ultimate, if Christ is your bread, you never have to worry about losing that. Now, obviously, we grieve at loss. It hurts to go through difficult situations. We face pain, and Jesus weeps with us in those pains. So it's not saying, and nothing's bad, and Christians just always smile no matter what. But if the ultimate desire is Jesus, there is nothing that can ever take that from you. There's nothing that can ever take you from his hand. Look on him who is the bread of life. Believe in him and you will never, ever be hungry. You will never, ever be thirsty. You will always be satisfied in him. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks that your promises are secure and our most fundamental promise is that you gave yourself for us and that if we look on you and believe, we will be satisfied beyond our wildest imagination and that we will never lose what we have in Christ. Help us from that security love others. Help us from that security hold lightly to the things around us and help us to love and trust in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. And you've been listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us and listen to other sermons at onepc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee.